Praise the Lord. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord again with each and every one of you. Praise God. What an opportunity we have. Amen. To minister to one another and to receive from the Lord all that he has for us. Amen. Let's all stand this, this evening. There are a lot of needs in our congregation. Uh, there are a lot of needs uh, in the lives of those who are somehow attached to this congregation, loved ones, uh, neighbors, friends, co-workers. Uh, we continue to pray for all of them. Let's continue to pray uh, for them. Let's pray for our service this evening, that the Lord would speak to each and every one of us. Amen. Uh, This message that I have, I have no idea uh, how long it's going to take. Uh, no promises. Uh, it has the potential to be rather short. Of course, God can do whatever He wants. But uh, uh, I pray that I pray that the Lord would would speak to us tonight and, and minister to us. Amen. And I believe He will. That's the God that we serve. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. I am so thankful for this opportunity that you've given us this evening to enter into the presence, the very throne room of Almighty God, the God who sits between the cherubims, the God who dwells in the Holy of Holies. You have given us invitation into your presence, into your throne room tonight. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that as one body, we would come into your presence, seeking your face, receiving of you all that you have for us this evening. I pray, O oh God, that because we are a needy people, that you would meet each need here this evening. Hallelujah, Jesus. The needs that are present in our congregation, the needs that are present in our family members, friends, co-workers, neighbors. I pray in Jesus' name that you would work miracles, that you would work wondrously and gloriously in these situations, these individual and several situations, for the glory of God. Hallelujah, Jesus, that you would receive glory, that you would receive honor, and that all men would know that God still intervenes in the affairs of men. Hallelujah, that you still sit upon the throne. Thank you, Jesus, for all that we'll receive of you this evening. Thank you, Jesus, for the ministration of your spirit here tonight. All these things we ask, all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for entertaining his presence tonight. You can be seated. Before we start, uh, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, the annual business meeting, everyone's favorite time of the year, is uh, soon approaching. That will be held uh, Saturday, January 27th at 10 a.m. Happy birthday. I know how you can celebrate your birthday. <laughs> With a yay or a nay. <laughs> Moving along. So, that, that annual business meeting is on Saturday, January 27th, 10 a.m. Amen. Uh, voting members, uh, all are welcome 
but only voting members are able to vote. Uh, voting members would be if you're over 18 years old, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, uh, you're filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as God gives the utterance, uh, you're paying your tithes and your offerings to this assembly. Uh, I think that's it. But if you have any questions, please come and see me. Amen. Uh, before we start our, our lesson proper, though, uh, I do want to comment just a little bit on last Wednesday's message. Um, we know that uh, anybody that stands up here is nothing. Uh, I'm nothing. God is everything. God is the one that enables. God is the one that speaks. God is the one that supplies every need. We understand that. But at the same time, someone still needs to step up and say yes to the Lord. And so uh, to that extent, I always like to give credit where credit is due. But the message last Wednesday, um, some of you may be tempted to believe that I spoke with Brother DeMuth about some, some situations that are going on in our congregation. And I assure you that's not the case. Uh, he had no clue, as far as I know, uh, what's going on. Uh, in, in uh, some of the situations here, but uh, but the Lord does, and I was praying so desperately. And the only reason I bring this up, uh, and I know I can speak about Brother Demuth like this, he, he's not going to get puffed up beyond measure and all that. Uh, but the re only reason I bring this up uh, is, is to give glory to God, uh, because I was praying so desperately. Uh, and uh, and he answered, you know, like like he does, like he does. And uh, I was so thankful. I was so thankful last Wednesday. I was so excited uh, at what the Lord uh, what the Lord said. Uh, if you're not a part of those situations, you have no idea what I'm talking about, and that's okay. Uh, but but uh, it was amazing. God is amazing. Amen. So I know that the Lord can minister to needs. Praise God. All right. Let's go. Ecclesiastes, chapter 4. Stop wasting time and let's get going. Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. The title of our message tonight is Together. Together. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting with verse 7. This is Solomon, not in the best state of mind at this point, but he does make some observations. And I think this one is a good one. Then I returned, and I saw vanity under the sun. What vanity did he see? There is one alone, and there is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother, Yet is there no end of all his labor, neither is, he, neither is his eye satisfied with riches, neither saith he, for whom do I labor and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is a sore travail. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. 
But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing for the word of the Lord. You can be seated. This last verse is typically uh, used to preach in marriage seminars or weddings, uh, things of that nature. The threefold cord, the man, the wife, and God is what we typically associate that with. Uh, and that's true. That's true. But I want to I take a little different slant on this tonight, and I don't think I'm going to do any uh, injustice to the word of the Lord by doing so. Work is a major theme in Scripture, and it's clear from Scripture that to accomplish the work God has given us, whatever that work may be, it will be partnership, unity, working together that will get the job done. Not a bunch of individuals running around to and fro, taking care of their own matters, their own concerns, oblivious to the cares and concerns of those around them. That can't get anything done. We know that from business. We know that from just just life. You can't get things done unless you organize and you're unified. We read in the, in, in the book of Genesis where God speaks of the power of unity. We know that when they were building the Tower of Babel, Babel, Bibble, Bubble, you figure that out, I'll just go with it. Uh, but that tower, everyone was unified. And the Lord came down to look, and he said, nothing will be restrained from them now, because they are one. They are together. They are working together. When you have a group of people that are working together, they're always greater than the sum of their parts, right? They always are able to accomplish a whole lot more than that number of individuals working separately. Unity is so desperately important. Being together, being on the same page, working toward the same goal is so important, folks certainly in the kingdom of God. If there's any work to be accomplished, if there's any work to get done, it will get done together. Not by ourselves. There is a spirit in this world. There are many spirits in this world. But there is one for sure, and that is a spirit of me. Mine, my. That's all that's important. Looking out for number one. It's not a new spirit. It's been around for a good long time. But if all, if all Satan really needs to do is keep me focused on my stuff. Keep me focused on my problems. My situations. My concerns. And if he can keep me focused on that. I'm sidelined. I'm not going to be a whole lot of good. To anyone else. Now, I will grant that there are some situations, some concerns in people's lives. It does need to be focused on. And there are situations that uh, you really need to focus on those situations. You really need to focus on those things. And other people need to help you focus on those things. But by and large, folks, by and large, a lot of our immediate concerns, 
a lot of our immediate focus needs to be subordinate to the plan of God. We have got to subordinate those things to the will of God. In Judges, in two, verse, uh, two chapters, Judges 17, Judges 21, it says something to the effect of, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, I don't believe this simply means that they had no earthly king. It does mean that. They didn't have an earthly king. I think it means they didn't have any king. God wasn't their king either. They did what was right in their own eyes. They were subordinate to no one. They were submitted to nobody. They, each of them, determined right and wrong for themselves. What they should do. Where they should go. How they should accomplish things. I'll figure it out on my own. Today, people are finding their own truth. I'm glad you found your truth. It's really hard to speak with people anymore. Because, and I know this is going to sound like I'm mocking people, but I'm really not. I'm expressing the situation how it is. Uh, people have completely forsaken logic. They're run on pure emotion. Whatever, whatever I'm feeling in the moment. And it's really hard to, to, to speak with someone like that because they're all over the place. You answer this, but they're already over here. And it's It's frustrating. <laughs> It's very frustrating when you're trying to reason with someone, but there's no reason there. And again, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mocking people. I'm just, that's the facts. It's the postmodernism that's out there today. And so, uh, trying to going way into the weeds now. I'm coming back. Trying, trying to, try, uh, to find common ground with people becomes more and more difficult. But the common ground is still there. It's still there. But I bring all this up to mention that there is a spirit in this world. Everyone is trying to figure out for themselves what's right and wrong. Everyone is trying to figure out for themselves what I should be doing, what I should accomplish, how should I spend my life. When the Lord created us for a very specific purpose. The Lord created us for a task. He gave us gifts and talents and abilities. I've used this analogy before. I'll continue to use it because I like it. it it's a good one. You don't drive a Ferrari out on the back 40 with a plow behind it. You can. I mean, it's not against the law or anything. You might be able to, to move it. But it's not going to work that well. And we all know why. It's not built for that. The tractor is built for that. Just like I'm not going to take the tractor out on the drag strip. 
I can. Uh, I'll get it from here to there, but probably four or five people will finish their race before I get there. There are some things I was built for a very specific reason, for a very specific purpose. And if I try to do any other, any other thing than that, I can. I can do whatever I want to do with my life. But it's not going to work that well. If I would just fall in line with my purpose, why I was created, I'll go a whole lot farther, a whole lot easier. And I'll feel much more fulfilled. I fear that to an extent the Spirit has crept into the church today. I love our church. I love this church. I love everyone in it. I think this is an awesome church. This is an awesome assembly. But we're not perfect. Its head is perfect. Jesus is perfect. But we're not. And as far as I can tell, we probably won't be till he comes to get us. But we want to keep pressing toward perfection, don't we? Amen. As a family, we bicker and we squabble and we fight amongst ourselves. But I pray. I pray that when the outside comes and, and, and wants one of us, that we bind together. Circle the wagons, as it were. Because i got to tell you, there's enough fight for us out there. We don't need to be fighting amongst ourselves. We don't need to be doing the enemy's work for him. If we want to fight, we should want to fight. Yeah, join the army. Yeah, that's right. Join the army. We're in the army. Praise God. So partnership under authority is the biblical model for work. Any work. Partnership under authority. Genesis 2.18 states, The Lord God said it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him. Now, I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, I find this very interesting because Adam had fellowship with God at this point in time. He walked with God in the cool of the day. He had intimate, perfect fellowship with his Creator. But the Lord God still said it's not good that man should be alone. Now, of course, this verse, strictly speaking, is referring to Eve having a wife and helpmeet. But I think we can extrapolate from that to say this, that we, we're not to be alone. We're not to work alone. And that just doesn't apply to a husband and wife. That's friendships. That's fellowship. That is working together. We looked at our scripture text. The vanity that King Solomon saw. People working all alone. All by themselves, for themselves. 
And he went through some scenarios. If one falls, who's going to help him back up? Folks, since we're talking about the army and warfare, war is wearying. When you're fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, folks, you get tired. You get physically and emotionally and spiritually tired. When you're fighting the enemy, not just for yourself, but for other people, you're interceding for people. And I know many of you do. Folks, that's tiring. That gets wearying. What's going to happen if we're doing that all by ourselves? What's going to happen? At some point, because the need doesn't go away. I can't just step back for a a few days and take a break. Because the enemy's still out there. Someone's got to engage. And if I'm all alone, I'm it. i got to keep at it. God help me. But that's not the way it's supposed to work, folks. We're a body of Christ. We are supposed to be supporting each other. We are supposed to be working together. If someone sees that you're struggling, if I see that you're struggling, I'm supposed to come alongside you. Hey, is everything all right? Is there anything I can do? Can I pray for you? How can I help you? And vice versa. That's how this is supposed to work. Don't be afraid to do that. And if someone does that to you, don't get all embarrassed or or, uh, pride. No, no, everything's good. We're, We're good here. Everything's fine. Is it, though? Is it always fine? It's not for me. If it is for you, man, that's awesome. You've got to tell me some How does that work? Now, don't get me wrong. I always have joy. I always have peace. But I can't say that every situation in my life is awesome. I can't say that. I would change some things if I could. It's okay for us to come alongside each other. When you're weary and I'm strong, I can help. When I'm weary and you're strong, you can help me. And there should be there should be a measure of trust here in the body of Christ. We ought to be able to trust one another, to share our burdens with each other. See, that's the fear, isn't it? Because that's happened to some of us, right? We share a burden with someone, and then next thing you know, everyone knows. It's like, that's not why I told you that. Folks, that, that's wrong. That is, is more than wrong.
when someone comes and confides in us. Friend, you have a confident snout. Respect that. Don't share that. Unless you have permission to do that, don't share it. Oh, got a prayer request. Brother Bob, he's going through this, 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 and this. He still likes the Steelers. Pray for him. (laughs) That's not how you work that. You take it to your closet and pray. Please don't do that. You are destroying something that God is trying to create here. You are running something into the ground that God is trying to build up. We can't do it alone. We were never supposed to do it alone. We need each other. But we've got to be able to trust each other for that to work. And if we can't trust each other, folks, this will never get off the ground. Unity will never get off the ground. We've we've got to we've got to be able to trust one another. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, "Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend." Amen. When we're in close proximity to each other, anyone that's married knows this. You kind of rub. You rub against each other. Yeah, you get the rough edges worn away, right? And that's exactly what it is. It's worn away. It doesn't just fall off. It takes a grinder sometimes. But it gets done. But we spend time with a friend, a trusted friend, who we have given permission to speak into our lives. That's what happens. Dude, you did something wrong. I I don't think that was right. I think you need to fix that. We have friends in our lives that can talk to us that way. I pray that each of us do. It's not a hoot. It's not a party. But it's necessary. Amen. Joshua 1.9 says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Why? For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Not only are we supposed to partner with each other, we are to partner with God himself. Amen. There are a lot of individual men that God used in the Old Testament. I was trying to find examples. I found a lot in the, in the New Testament. I didn't see a whole lot in the Old Testament. But in every situation in the Old Testament, God was with them. God walked with them. God partnered with them. To be partnered with someone means you are in agreement with each other. Amos 3 and 3 says this, Can two walk together except they be agreed? You can't walk in the same direction unless you're walking in the same direction. One wants to go here, one wants to go there. There's no agreement. You're both going your separate ways. There's no partnership there. There's no unity. We see in the New Testament, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. Mark 6 and 7 says, He called unto him the twelve, 
and began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. There's probably a reason he did that. Before, before, before this, I had just assumed, I've read this before, I just assumed they all went their separate ways. I didn't know they went two by two. Isn't that crazy? I think it's crazy. Jesus sent the 70 out, two by two. Luke 10 and 1 says, After these things the Lord appointed other 70 also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. We see in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, beginning being the ninth hour. Peter and John were together, ministering together. Paul and Barnabas, Acts chapter 13, starting with verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Not man, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. The Lord himself designated two people to go out together, just like he did when he was on the earth. Barnabas and John Mark, Acts chapter 15, starting with verse 37. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark, but Paul thought it not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so, so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. So Barnabas and John Mark were working together. Paul and Timothy, Acts 16, 1 through 3. Then came he to Derb, Derbe, Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, who was, which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium, him would Paul have to go forth with him, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew that all they knew all that his father was a Greek. We read later in First Thessalonians three and two, and sent Timotheus our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. We see a lot of fellow laborer, yoke fellow, terms like that being used, thrown around all through the New Testament. Philippians 4.3, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Philemon 1, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Philemon 24, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. So it's very plain to me, as I read through the scriptures, that we are to work in tandem with each other. We are to partner with each other. 
at the very least, two by two. We shouldn't be doing anything alone. I think that's pretty cool. I like that. And not only are we to partner with each other, as we stated earlier, we are to partner with God. John 15, 4 and 5 says this. This is Jesus speaking. Abide in me, and I in you. Intertwined. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. There's a very excellent reason that we must partner with the Lord. Without him, we can't do anything. Mark 16:20 says they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. The Lord must work with us. If we were to be grammatically correct, we must work with him. We must follow after him. Not ask him to bless our stuff. We want to discern His will and His path and follow after Him. But having done that, we want, we want to follow after Him and we want to work with Him. We want Him to work with us. He in us and we in Him. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7 says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Verse 9, we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. Amen. So we have a work to accomplish. We have, we have, we're partners. He has given us some things that we must do. And when we do those things, God does the rest. We plant, we water, God gives the increase. We teach. We baptize, God fills with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Second Corinthians 6, 1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. Workers together with him. We are to partner. We are not to do it alone. We must work together. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church. No man is the head of the church. Jesus is. He has established under shepherds. I'm finding out some interesting stuff about that too. Another time though. He has given each of us responsibilities, each of us tasks that must be accomplished. Must be accomplished. But we can't do it alone. For us to be able to do everything that God wants us to do, it will require someone else, a partner, a fellow laborer, a yoke fellow, 
someone trusted, someone I can trust with my life, someone I can trust with my burden, someone I can trust with my weakness. All of us are weak in some area. If we're honest, we wish it weren't so, but it is. Wouldn't it be really nice to have someone partner with us that's strong in that area, that we're weak in? That's one of many, many reasons I love my wife so much. She is gifted in detail and administration. Those that have worked with me have probably ascertained that I am not gifted in any of those areas. So I lean heavily on her for those things. Amen. She leans on me for fun and for a joke that she so desperately needs. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Anyway. <clears throat> so we're to partner with each other. We're to partner with God. That's the biblical plan, folks. As I see it in Scripture, that's the biblical plan. We are to work together. Going back to our Scripture text. I want to read that again. We are going to get out early. Ecclesiastes 4, 7-12. Then I returned and saw vanity under the sun. There is one alone. There is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother... Yet is there no end of all his labor, neither is his eye satisfied with riches, neither saith he, For whom do I labor and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is a sore travail. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. How can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Being alone, folks, is the most awful place to be in the world. Having no one to confide in. Having no one that you believe has your back. Who's your partner in ministry? Do you have one? If not, folks, seek the Lord for one. Seek the Lord for a partner in ministry, someone that can come alongside you, someone that will love you, someone that you can trust, someone that will uh, exhort you and encourage and strengthen you for the task at hand. And the next question, the last question is, are you partnered together with God? Is God your partner in ministry? Do you abide in Him? Does He abide in you? We need both of them. That's the threefold cord. Partner in ministry and partnering together with God. We have those, friend. There is nothing we cannot handle. There is nothing we cannot face. There is nothing we cannot accomplish for the Lord. 
if we're part of that threefold cord. But if we're alone, your strength is going to run out. It's not if, it's when. Your strength will run out. Trust me. Some of you, you already know that. It is my burden that we have a congregation, we have a church family that loves one another, that trusts each other, that will minister one to another. Amen. How does the Bible say that the world will know we are his disciples? Our love one for another. That's right. Our agape love one for another. so good to us. He has given us such a perfect example. If we'll all follow that example, if we'll all discipline ourselves to be his disciples, to follow the examples that he's given us, if those people that were working on the Tower of Babel can achieve it. Certainly, with the Spirit of the Lord, we can achieve it too. Amen. And with the Spirit of God, we'll do so much more. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's all stand. Jesus, we are so thankful for you, the ministration of your spirit in this house tonight. I pray, Lord, for each person here within the sound of my voice, those joining us online. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that if we don't have a partner in ministry, that you would reveal one, that you would bring one alongside of us. Have someone come alongside of us, Lord Jesus. We need help. We need a partner. We need someone. We need a fellow laborer. We need a yoke fellow. I pray in Jesus' name that you would send each person a true yoke fellow, one ordained of God, one chosen by you, that we can help each other out, that when I'm weak, that person can strengthen me. When he's weak, I can strengthen him and be an encouragement to him. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Make us strong in you. Make us able to face anything and everything that's coming down the pike. We don't know what's coming, but you do. Get us ready. Get us ready not only to endure to the end, but to prosper, to thrive. Hallelujah, Jesus. Work through your body mightily, I pray. Bless each person within the sound of my voice. Bring us back to your house at the day appointed. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.